week that God give me a sermon. I didn't realize it was for tonight. But it's very fitting. <clears throat> My title for this evening is Don't Worry. <laughs> and that's just exactly the way that it came. Don't worry. <clears throat> Where was I at when I got it? I was on a treadmill. <laughs> so this is the first sermon I've ever got on a treadmill. And it just came. And so here we are, probably 5.30 in the morning. Amen. Lights were on and somebody was home. So <laughs> how many of you have a PhD in worry? You are known as a worry wart. You worry about things that you, you can't change anyway. Circumstances that are coming up and, and you think that by your strength of worry, you're going to change it. How many of those hands went up tonight? How many was it? Your hands went up? Yeah. Well, this service is for you. Hallelujah. Brother Kelly, if you're watching, it's for you too. So, amen. Amen. I told him what I was preaching on tonight, and he said, well, he said, we won't worry. <laughs> amen. So I'm trying to have faith in that whole situation as I preach this sermon. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 7. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Amen. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand be careful for nothing, but let but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Amen. God bless you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus now. 
Lord, many things, even circumstances are going on even now. I pray that you would anoint this service in a very supernatural way. Thank you to have friends with us, Brother Nate Green and, and Sister Caitlin with us and Lord, Brother Kent and, and Sister Lorraine and the many others that are here tonight. I ask you that you would bless them and anoint them, Father. May you just come among us in a mighty way, Father. These are your words and we now look to you even in Brother Kelly and Sister Myra's situation and pray that you would stretch forth your hand of mercy and do a great work, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name we ask you. Amen, amen, and amen. You may be seated. Amen. We live in an age of great pressure. Pressure is on everything. Pressure on your job, pressure on your finances, pressure in your school. How many of you young guys that are still in school, young all the way to the age of 50, still in school that are, that feel the pressure? Sometimes as a teacher, you still feel the pressure and it even actually becomes more pressure. On your jobs, you feel the pressure. Times of, times of, of, of arrangement, of pressure, of getting things done, the pressures of, 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 of being able to do the right kind of a job, that it will pass quality control. If you eat enough on Thanksgiving Day, there will be pressure. <laughs> Niagara Falls will not have as much pressure at the bottom of it as some buttons on shirts on Friday morning. The pressure of a scale, blood pressure, the pressure of a doctor's report. There's a, actually a, a term called white coat syndrome to where people's blood pressure goes up as they are walking into the doctor's office concerned about what the doctor's going to say to them. This is actual things. Worry causes phenomenal amounts of health issues. Worry causes cancer. Are you with me? Worry causes cancer. Worry causes anxiety that drives nervousness and, and, and very many diseases that come along with the simple term worry. But worry is opposite from faith. So worry does not come from God. It's not a virtue that is in godliness. So worry does not come from God. This service will probably help. Sometimes we wonder where do we turn when we come to a roadblock in our life? Where do we escape to? Where do we go? People build on tops of mountains in the middle of woods. They build, help me. They build in a lot of different places to where that they just want to get away. I found that that place where you just want to get away to, when you get there, you'll find out that half of America's already there. Maybe yesterday when you decided to do Black Friday shopping, 
you realized after a few moments of arriving at Walmart, I've never did it, I'm just going to boogaloo about some stories, that you realize you're not the only one there. Maybe you got up at three o'clock in the morning to beat all the other people and you get there and you find out that there's 200 other people had the same idea. Am I going to get it? Am I going to get that piece of product? Am I going to do it? Whether you know it or not, if you've done your studies, and I'm sure all of you have, but the product that they sell for the Black Friday is a lesser product that they sell two days before. And they make that as a product to be sold cheaper. So actually what you're buying on Black Friday is not as good as what you could have bought on Thursday a few dollars higher. Amen. You can always get lessons here. Now doctors, you know, because they're doctors and they're looking at circumstances, when you walk into their office, they'll, they'll try to treat you. So they'll give you pills to kick you up. And then they'll give you pills to kind of lighten your mood. So they'll give you downers a little bit. They'll give you pills to kind of cause the anxiety to be calm. Before long, you're a zombie. 14 different pills during the day to kind of keep you on an even keel. <clears throat> and then when you get the bill at the end of the month, you really do have something to worry about. Whether we realize or not, this age is, is promised darkness in it. It's promised darkness. It's, it's promised a lot of distress. It's an age to which that even Brother Branham would say was not fit to live in. It's actually not fit to live in. Morality has been destroyed. Marriages have been destroyed. Just common sense has been destroyed. Brother Bram said, science has come to its end. Civilization's coming to its end. We can see by the signpost that the Gentile dispensation has came to the end of where Daniel said it would come to. And it has arrived. All of the governments are at their end. They all have got their leaders. They're all at their positions. But so is the bride of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? And if you know that you know that you know without of a shadow of a doubt of who you are and what you've been called for and what your purpose is, there's nothing that the devil can do with you. Jesus would give us instructions. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. He would say to us, my burden is light. I would like to just tell you tonight before we go into this, God has already given you grace. That's given you grace that's provided for your entire journey and for your entire road map. And let me just give you a piece of advice as I go forward tonight. Keep your focus on the main thing. All of us get tripped up when our focus gets off of Jesus. 
whenever the first priority gets placed in, in second place. <laughs> Brother Homer always had a rule for us ministers. He's, he would tell us over and over again, he preached it to me and preached me to Danny Smith and he preached it to, to Andrew here and Matthew and you know, especially in his family, he preached it. He always said rule number one for a preacher is never be alone with a woman other than your wife. And he said rule number two is never break rule number one. <laughs> and if you abide by those two rules in your life, worry about your marriage is not going to be an issue. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse one, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. So we are not alone. We are not alone in this, in this battle. There is somebody watching from another dimension that has ran just ahead of us. Are you with me now? They didn't give up. They just ran out of time. They just ran out of time. My grandfather was 53 years old when he ran out of time. Had a stomach condition to which that they actually took his stomach out and put a sheep stomach in to try to prolong his life. And, and his last hours of his life, he had become a Christian the last five years of his life. And, and I was born and my brother was born and we were, we were, we were just small. We were, I was four years old. His last Christmas present to me was a, a blue ball. I remember that very well. And uh, he asked the doctors and the nurses, could he get out of the bed, out of the hospital bed, and get in the floor with us children? He said, I'd like for my last hours to be with them. And so that's, that's how my grandfather went to be with the Lord. He said the difficulty of life or the difficulty of sickness, it was not fighting the sickness. It was saying goodbye. And I would say that's probably the, the, the hardest, hardest, most difficult thing is to say goodbye. But there's a land of knowing that my last breath here, my last breath here is my first breath there. We are compassed about people about with a so great a cloud of witnesses of overcomers of their time. And now they're encouraging us from that dimension. Are you with me now? They're encouraging us. Listen, without you, they cannot be made perfect. So somebody is counting on you. Are you with me now? The scripture tells us to let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside, one translation said, lay aside every weary and the sin which does so easily beset us. Brother Ron, I'm not in sin. Unbelief is sin. And to confess 
confess a negative testimony is sinful. Sometimes we label, we label our favorite sins or attributes of sin. We label them to say they're bad. But a negative testimony is opposite of faith. And God can only make intercession on your testimony. Are you with me tonight? Brother Ron, I want to live an overcoming life. You will by your words. The most powerful supernatural thing that you have is your tongue. Brother Joel Forney is, was to be here tonight, but he as well had issues and couldn't come. Had a plumbing issues at his house. <clears throat> but I remember one time he was here and he said, the most supernatural thing about your entire body is your tongue. It has the power of life and death inside of it. It speaks words that, that create, create atmosphere, create attitudes, create praise and honor. Valentine's Day, you talk of love, but it's more than just a Hallmark card. We should express encouragement to our children, to one another as we're here. Listen, you never know what somebody else is going through. Sitting on the seat beside of them, you never know what they have went through in that day. The scripture said, looking unto Jesus, there's no other place to look to. There is no other place to look than look to Jesus. Sometimes we test our faith by looking to other spots. When looking to other spots, maybe you look to Washington. I can warn you now, don't look to Washington. They can't figure out Interstate 81. They've got all of this community upset by their school situations now. So if they can't count kids, they're going to have a hard time teaching them algebra. I'm sure they're doing the best that they can. There's no perfect systems. No perfect governments. No perfect places to live. Only in Jesus. Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Let me just say, at five foot five, I have broke the scripture many times. When I was a young man, I always wanted to weigh 200 pounds. 
I got that one. And be six foot tall. I did not get that one. I missed that one by, if my calculation's right, is seven inches. I missed that by seven inches. I worried about it. Short people get complexes. Don't tell me you don't. Brother Branham dealt with complexes. He dealt with complexes. You remember? It was even said of him that he had complexes about women. Elijah had a complex. Brother Branham had complexes. Many of you have got complexes, admit it or not. Brother Branham was talking about Edmund Way, about his complex. And it caused him such an issue to Edmund Way got so anxious he fell dead in the, in, the, in the congregation. And Brother Branham just stated the audience. He stated the audience. The nurses ran. They checked him. He's gone. He's gone. And Brother Branham just steps out, speaks to him, calls him by name, and brings him back to life. Amen. I think sometimes our critics ought to listen to a testimony like that. For why take you a thought for a raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow and they toll not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore if God so clothed the grass of the field which to this day is and tomorrow is cast into the oven shall he not much more clothe you O ye of little faith? Brother Ron do you mean to tell me just go home and sit on my couch and God will bring, me, bring it to me? Absolutely not. You're not reading the same scripture that I'm giving you. God gives you talents. God gives you abilities. God gives you oxygen in your lungs. He told us to go back and to, to look at the ant. How that the ant, which is one of the smallest creatures of earth, how he works and is a continual worker. It's kind of like the man that was there and you know the local preacher came by and the man was working his garden and, and you know it was the first year for that man's garden and it was beautiful and everything was going well and so the preacher trying to figure out what he could say to him to kind of bring him to a level of spirituality and he says uh, you and God is doing an incredible job with that garden. The man looked across the fence and he said, you ought to have seen it last year when God had it. <laughs> some of you get it today. Some of you get it tomorrow. <clears throat> so God uses your hands. God uses your feet. How many times have I had 
tough situations with business and needed the phone to ring. Because if you don't work when you work for yourself, if you're not working and the wheels are not turning, you're not making money. That's just, that's the formula you figure out real quick. If you work for yourself, you can own 15 vans, and if there are no wheels are not turning, there's no money that's coming in. Because guys that, that are in that situation, they're not like the government. They're not just writing checks to figure it all out. Are you with me? So listen, as a believer, I begin to realize these scriptures. I'm not worrying about tomorrow or what tomorrow will bring. I put it into God's hands. And if God is my partner, I better have some great big plans. Brother Tim Pruitt, a few weeks, a few years ago, he came to our place, and we've been buddies a long time. And he came to our place, and you know, he seemed happy in his church and, and some things. And I'm not going to tell you the whole story because I'd take till next week sometime. But anyway, he came to our place and he was showing us. They had bought about 38 acres of land and they paid for that. Now they're going to build a they're going to build a church on it. I don't know where the money's going to come from, but God God's told me to build the church. He built a phenomenal, answer that. <clears throat> he built a phenomenal, um, a phenomenal church. A couple million dollars, I would say, building. And when he finished it, it was 100% paid for. He's just built a fellowship hall. I think it's 100 foot wide, 100 foot long by, or 150 foot long by, by 65 foot long. It's not finished, but it's paid for. When it came to the parking lot, it was paid for. And I reminded him, being his friend all through, all through the journey, I said, if God is your partner, And here's the way that I look at this. God wanted a building there. He wanted a building there. He wanted a building here. He wanted a building here. We're preparing to work on a fellowship hall here. And funds will be allocated for that to take place. Don't worry. That might ought to be the text to you tonight, you builders. Don't worry. <clears throat> How you gonna do it, Brother Ron? He told me to, so we're gonna build it. That's the way we did our house, didn't we, Brother Terry? We built our house and he told me exactly how to lay it out and we built that house and Brother Kent walked in last night and eyes wide open, a grin from ear to ear. I like to see that. 
You see, if God is your partner, take worry and put it in a mailbox and send it away. I borrow another statement that said, write all your worries down. And when you're done writing all your worries down, throw them in the trash can. Psalms 23 says this in verse one, and you're familiar to you, but I want to remind you again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures and he leadeth me beside of the still waters. So who is steering a Christian? Who is the captain of the boat or the captain of your soul? The very God to you. It's him. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Here comes that word that is said 600 times in the scripture, fear. I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Are you with me? Stay with me. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now let me just say, that seems like, it seems like simple. You've quoted it since a child. But if you will follow those scriptures and stay in the house of the Lord, raise your children appropriately, good things will happen in your household. And let me just say, though your children might look like they've gone a million miles away and there's no hope for them, never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Put them in the hands of Jesus Christ. Who better to put your children in? In the hands of Jesus Christ. God came and met Job. And you know the story. Job is written in the scriptures for our admonition and for a measuring stick for all of our problems. And none of us have had problems like Job had. None, none. And the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind, chapter 38 and one, out of a whirlwind and said, who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Where are you getting your counsel from? Gird up now thou loins like a man, for I demand of thee and answer thee, me. Where was Thou, when I laid the foundations of the earth, declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon the foundations thereof fastened, or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Where is all of us as sons of God going to shout for joy? At the end. 
So God is having a meeting with Job and he doesn't talk to him out about his children. He doesn't talk to him about the pity party that he's in. He doesn't talk to him about his wife. He doesn't talk to him about the men that are making accusations to him. Oh, Brother Ron, I wish God would come and talk to me. He would not talk to you about your problems. We have an example here. He won't talk to you about your problems. He'll talk to you about what is eternal. And the great thing about when God comes to talk to you, that you're in his plans. That's quite an incredible thing. That's quite an incredible thing. To be in his plans. What more could be said right there? So when this world is remade and it becomes fire all over because that's what God's going to do with it. He's going to burn all the trash off of it. He's going to burn everything that there is and it's going to become dust. And he's going to remake the earth like he had to do you. He had to do you the same thing. He had to burn all that stuff on the out, of, out of you and recreate you because you couldn't live with yourself. You had tempers that fight a bus all. You had a mouth that would make a, a Navy's, actual Navy seal actually embarrassed to be around you. Your thoughts ran in every kind of chaotic direction and you really didn't have a plan for your life. But God rich in mercy told you that you came from God and you're going back to God. And he picked you up when you wasn't looking for God. He picked you up and he shook you from your condition. And some of you have got some books I'm going to preach in in a week or so, maybe tomorrow, on the two books. You had an old book. And God had to rewrite that old book because there was a lot of stinking chapters on the inside of that old book and God had to rewrite it and remake it. Jesus would say it like this. Come unto me all ye that are heavy laden. Unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And that's Matthew 11, verse 28. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I've never had a hangover. Throwing my guts up from being in a service. I've never left this building and wake up tomorrow morning not knowing where I'm at. Now in the world, when you gave the world money, they wanted more and it was just a money pit. Coors is a money pit. 
There's no end to the satisfaction that comes at the bottom of a bottle. That bottle will destroy homes, lives, and bodies. Amphetamines and drugs and all kind of nonsense that people put in their body for a sensational high that will last minutes or maybe overnight that will last. People will go through all different kinds of websites to figure out if their doctor gives them the right medicine that won't have interactions. They'll, they'll take a drugs from a hood, a guy in a hoodie and ingest it into their body and it eats their liver and their kidneys and their lungs and their heart out of them. And they call that a good time. Sin will destroy you. Sin will destroy you. I will tell you even lust, once it's conceived, it brings forth death. Are you with me? Lust is premeditated. Lust begins to act on actions of premeditation of lust. And before long, you forgot about your grandchildren. You forgot about your children. You forgot about your wife. And for a few minutes of pleasure that the devil will worry you to death about the rest of your life. He'll tell you it was heaven for just a little bit. But you'll pay for hell the rest of your life. Let me just say, serving Jesus Christ is the best thing I've ever done. Sometimes we get amnesia and we forget. And the devil will whisper in your ears. And tell you how good those old times was. You can be a Christian for 40 years and be in a restaurant and all of a sudden, I, I, I like that old time lock and roll. And you will feel your foot go nuts. Because this body is not saved. hanging on his mirror are you with me and a girl walked across and brother Peregrine watched brother Branham and brother Branham watched that girl walk across and his eyes went back on the cross and he said thank God for the cross listen brother Branham was a man and thank God he was honest oh brother Ron but brother Branham made mistakes Whoa. is that a news bulletin or what there's only one. Let me give you some news that you can hang your hat on. Only one came to this earth. People go all nuts about Brother Branham and they point out all of his mistakes. 
Why don't you just turn the microscope around a little bit? Have you read all of this, Brother Ron? No. Because I don't want to read all that nonsense. Because I know the people that's writing it. Their, kid, their kids turn out gay. They become atheists almost overnight. You see, I knew those people when they were still professing the message. And they were only actors then that I kept telling other preachers, those people don't have the Holy Ghost and don't deserve to be in a pulpit. But now they got Snapchat or whatever chats that they got. Don't worry with them. Well, Brother Ron, why are you that? There's two people here tonight needed to hear that. And if they keep telling you you need to read that kind of nonsense, you just tell them to take that back to hell where it came from. Brother Ron, Monday generally is the bad letter day. So since I got a bad letter, I give them a bad letter. And most of those letters consist of this. Because you are an idiot, God bless you, because you are an idiot and decided to waste your day on about telling me what to do. Don't waste your time on me no more. You're asking me to practice what I'm preaching, so don't worry with them. So you call it like you see it, because you're an idiot. watching tonight brother Tim that's your favorite word <clears throat> Proverbs 12 and verse 25 anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down but a good word makes him glad that was a translation 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Now this is going to give the devil some heartburn. You had to suffer from heartburn last night. This is going. This next little bit is going to give the devil some heartburn. So hang right with me. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcame them. Because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Philippians chapter one and verse six, being confident of this very thing that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is not the kind of businessman that starts a project and then just throws you away. So how many of you in this building believe that you definitely are not at your end, but God has started a work in you? Amen. 
Maybe this mic is not working. You're not at your end because you're not in the next dimension. So how many of you in this building actually believe that God has begun a work in you? So I'm reading you what God said about your hand being in the air. I began a good work in you and I will perform it. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God. How many lovers of God do we have? To them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us. Say this with me. If God be for us. Who? Everything all right? Who can be against us? Brother Ron, I've had trouble with so and so. Well, I gave you some instructions just only a couple of minutes ago. may not work in your case most cases it will so I give you a scripture that will help if God be for me now I really like this part sister Kara if God's on my side it don't matter sometimes you just need to go I mean, this may not be real deep tonight, but I, I got a feeling if you really get this tonight, it's going to help you. Amen. Just raise your finger. This might be, I don't know if this is any kind of whirly move or not, but just raise your finger. Up. <laughs> Say these words with me. It don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. Sarah, you can use this, use this in class. They don't know what you're doing, but you're going to go, it don't matter. <laughs> Faith, you got it anyway. You'll be all right. Someday I want to just come sit in your class. I, it's gotta be, that's got to be awesome. It's literally got to be awesome. If you could YouTube that, you would, you would set the records. I'm sure that's great. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Who shall slay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Now under the seventh seal, we understood what justification is. It's as though you never did it in the first place. How many's ever done wrong in your life? Don't raise your hand right here. You might be sitting beside your wife. How many's ever done wrong? And then the devil beats you around the post. Now I'm not talking about some crazy major things. If you're a Christian, you ain't doing major things. 
you've thought things, you've looked at things, you've done, you've done, acted, you've had the wrong attitude. I think I'm getting to the right spot here. You get the wrong attitude. You get the wrong attitude. How many wakes up with the wrong attitude? Boy, I'm preaching to the right bunch of people here tonight. <clears throat> you can go to bed and feel the presence of God while you're praying. Lay down on your pillow. It mightn't be you need a new pillow. <laughs> Lay down on your pillow. Have a perfectly good four to five hours of sleep. Roll out of bed. Put your feet on the floor. And you feel like you could fight a bustle. What happened to the rapture condition just before you went to bed? I'm preaching the right group now. Who is it that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, even at the right hand of God, who maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution? This is a list now. Persecution, famine, nakedness, peril or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long and counted as sheep for a slaughter. Nay, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, remember where Paul's writing this from, from a dungeon. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principality, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Resurrection of Jesus, Brother Bram says this, he said, if you will just notice, it's when you're discouraged, that's when the devil can really pour it on you. And he said, that's when he gets you. If you come into the church and say, well, I don't know. I don't know whether I'll, I'll get any better or not. I've been prayed for twice. Oh my, you're just as well as you, you just may as well go home, that's all. But you can cast that aside. But you can cast that aside. God don't want you to be frowning. It takes more muscles to frown than to grin. I want that to go through. It takes more muscles to frown than to grin. So if you're trying to fight age, look over at your neighbor and smile. You've just did something for your health. God wants you to be happy. This is what Brother Random is saying. God wants you to be happy. Let her preach. Let her preach. The human heart was made to be happy. Worry will cause cancer. Temper will cause cancer. Don't never be upset. 
Did you just hear those, those words? Don't never be upset. Don't never be upset. Say it. Don't never be upset. If you say it fast, it won't hurt as bad. You're sitting with your wife, your husband, tell them that, what I just said. Just go ahead and tell them that. Because that's what Brother Bram said. Don't, don't ever be upset. Maybe that'll go with that little fingernail. This is good. I'm enjoying it. Just walk in his love. Knowing that you're walking with him. Nothing can harm you. There's nothing can harm you. There's neither powers nor things present nor things future. Nothing can separate us from the love. We're in him. And we never come in by our own will. He by choice. Notice not we by choice. He by choice elected us and brought us into him. Boy, I wish I could just write this down, put it on your refrigerator for you to just look at it and over and over again. Brother Man says, God's given every sick person in here divine healing. Every one of you. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and with his stripes we were healed. It's yours, but you'll have to fight for every inch that you possess. Are you with me? Are you with me? You'll have to fight for it. Joshua, I've given you. Footprints means possessions. Let's go in. Footprints is possession. Let's take every inch of ground that God give us. And if you haven't got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Peter said, the promise is unto you and to your children and to him as afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Footprints is possession. Let's go get it. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's possess it. The works that I do shall you, all, you also. Let's possess it. It's God's promise. Don't look at the circumstances. Don't look at how hard it is. Let's possess it. Joshua fought for every inch of ground from one, one part, one end of the country to the other. But he had a promise. He said, God said, I'll give it to you. Whether there's giants, whether there's atheists, whether there's infidels, whether there's cold formal churches, what difference does it make? God gave us a promise. Let's take it. Let me just say this to you. I never, ever worry about the rapture. I never worry about the resurrection. Because I'm in the rapture, it can happen without me. Amen. 
I'm not worried about the resurrection. Because the resurrection is in me. Are you with me? And if it's in me, if God takes me by the way of the grave, I never think the thought, oh my, I'm just worried about death. Death is only a tool in the hand of God. In my life, I could write a book on what you can live through. Are you with me? How will you die, Brother Ron? I've lived through a lot of things. But if he takes me while I'm sitting in a chair like Brother Guido and I just slip away, it's taken care of. Billy Graham said, don't you cry for me. Don't weep a tear. It's everything that I've wanted. Charles Spurgeon said, it's the greatest thing for a Christian as they get near the last hours of their life. That new body is coming to take you home. Listen, God's never in a crisis. God's never worried. He's never tore up a battery with me now. How's it going to be at my end? Let me just say, it's in the hands of God. It don't matter. I got my hands in the hands of the man that can steal the water. If God made a promise and God gave a promise and you believe it, I don't care what takes place, it's yours. If God made a promise and God gave a promise and you believe it, I don't care what takes place. It's yours. Are you getting this now? If God made a promise and God gave a promise and you believe it and I don't care what it takes place, it's yours. Fight the devil on every ounce of ground that he stands on. Walk over, take it, take the sword of the word. God's promises is true. Nothing can stop them. They're God's promises. He gave us the promise of that just like he did the children of Israel. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love this one. If the enemy smites on one side of the cheek, let's remember what he did before we smite back. Let's remember his action. If there is a decision to be made, let's wait. Remember what kind of decision we make, we think he would make. Then let that be our decision. This is Brother Brown's words. He said, if we get hasty, let's remember he never was in a hurry. If we get over anxious, remember he dwells in eternity and time means nothing. <laughs> the man that was standing there, the preacher that was standing there in the Fox's Book of Martyrs, and he handed the priest his watch, his timepiece. He said, will you hold this for me? And he said, well, that's a strange request. He said, I'm not going to need it where I'm going. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. Jesus was three days late and he was right on time. And you may think he's been late to your case over and over and over again. But I have been proclaiming the promise and I proclaim the promise and I proclaim the promise. Don't get too hasty. God's always on time. said don't get ahead of God because he's the one that's leading you quite a powerful statement sometimes we get wore out thinking God has forgot us and God doesn't care God doesn't love us he made us a promise but here we are 25 years old older than we was when he made the promise and it's impossible now for us to have children Why are we having children? Well, first of all, me and you can't produce nothing but trouble. But if God comes on the scene, now I've got something to back that up. Abraham produced trouble because Abraham got in a hurry. How many in this building tonight could confess? I had some to confess about worry. How many in this building get in too big a hurry? Get in a hurry, get in a hurry, get in a hurry. Well, your former pastor, you take on the spirit of your pastor. And so this would be one of his weaknesses, and so I'll mention it to you. He don't have this weakness no more, but remember the trip to Arizona? We went to Arizona, and all of us, a family, went to Arizona, and we went to Arizona, we went to the, we went to the Grand Canyon. We drove all day to see the Grand Canyon, all day, all day. We drove across Arizona to see the Grand Canyon. When we got there, Brother Thomas and I was looking over the, you know, I was looking over the great big balcony, and. Homer, we stood there about five minutes and said, well, you've seen everything you need to see. Let's go. <laughs> There's people come there and spend their entire lifetime. They spend months and weeks and years just looking over the Grand Canyon, what the different colors mean. And they go camping. They walk down in the ravines. They take horsebacks. They, they get pictures from all, every angle of everything. Brother Homer had it done in five minutes, boys. I got a feeling there's a lot of people in this building that do the same thing. I know it is because I preach to you and sometimes in 10 minutes you're done. You're done. You're looking at your watch. You're looking at your phone. You're looking at this or you're looking at that. You're bored out of your mind. You really didn't come to church because you wanted to. I'm preaching to you now. Because if you'd have prayed like I prayed about this service tonight,
What did Abraham produce in hurry? A wild child. I want to read one more text for you tonight and then we'll what's the story he'll be here tomorrow morning I'll be preaching tomorrow morning I'll be preaching tomorrow morning in the morning I'll be preaching to you tomorrow morning but that's okay We'll take care of him anyway. Amen. <clears throat> so I've sent one of you guys to go get him. That'll be all right. Yeah, take care of that. We're doing business here too. <clears throat> what an assurance of this solid rock. The resurrection of our blessed lover, the Lord Jesus. Nothing can destroy it. It has been planted. It is the seed of God. It's the purpose of God to give us the blessed Holy Spirit. It is the purpose of God to show us his signs and wonders and miracles. It's a purpose of God and nothing can destroy it. I want you to say that with me. Nothing. I'd like for you to say it loud enough the devil could hear it. Nothing can destroy it. He uses an example here. Here we are at the Red Sea. We're inexperienced. The Red Sea, when they come there, they was at the place where God had to do something. I preach Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Stand still and see the glory of God. These are some powerful words I'm getting ready to deliver to you. And these are some of the last words I'm going to speak to you tonight. It's not your battle to begin with. Say it loud, say it. It's not your battle to begin with. Listen to these words. Sister Evelyn, tell Sister Joyce these next words. It's God's battles. Ain't that nice? Ain't that nice? How many's ever been with somebody? that they paid for your dinner. That's really nice. They paid for your dinner. And you stand there and you go, thank you, I wish you hadn't done that. Thank you, thank you so much. That was such nice. I wasn't expecting you to do that. Thank you for paying for my dinner. Thank you. Thank you. How many's happened to that to you? Then why would you go to the cash register and say, I want to pay for it too? Has everybody, anybody in this building been guilty walking up to the cash register and say, now I know my buddy just paid for this, but I want to too. 
Brother Ray, we, me and you pretty good businessmen. Me and you ain't doing that, Bubba. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank you. I appreciate what you've done for me. I'll try to get you back. Most likely I will get you back. But I ain't walking that cash register. It's done for. Then why would I do that with God? Then why would I do that with God? My battles are not my battles. They're God's battles. It's your promise to begin with. It's God's promise. And here I stand tonight. It's not my worry to find out about this woman, the patient that was standing for her. It's God's promise to do that. Just stand still and see the glory of God. You placed it into the hands of God. Don't take it out. You've placed it into the hands of God. Don't take it out. Brother Ron, but God needs my help, really. 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 Maybe you've walked into this building tonight. Unbeknownst, never heard me ever before in my my, your life. Some of the things that I've said sounds wonderful and fine. Others, you just kind of shake your head about. Maybe even doubt. Maybe even making decisions whether you'll come back tomorrow or not. But your life in the last 40 years has been a disaster. (laughs) And I'm on target right now. Your life, what you've done with your life has been a disaster. You can't lose with this. You can't lose with this. Brother Ron, I'm just making decisions. I'm deciding whether I will or whether I won't. Really? 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 You can't hardly get yourself out of bed tomorrow morning. What are you going to do with eternity? Somebody invited you to church. You walked into the building. You sat down. You took a seat. You made a decision whether the preacher was good or whether he wasn't. Never preached a sermon in your life. You've never won a soul to Christ. But because you have the right to judge, you sit there and go, he's no good. I'm not getting nothing out of him. But you can look around the room and there's people that has been affected all over the place. There's good businessmen here. There's good women, men here sitting here. There's children being raised properly, doing extremely well and excelling in their fields. This works. used to have a sign try Jesus I put it up in the arsenal where I worked at try Jesus you've tried everything else try Jesus try Jesus 
changed my life. When I came in contact with the Jesus of this message, it changed my life. It changed my life. It changed my life. It changed your life. It changed your life. One night changed your life, the rest of your life. One night. One night changed your life. It changed your path. Changed your path. One night. One night. It's not going to take six years or six months of rehab. It's not going to have to send you through all kind of psychology classes. One night. One night. One night change your life. One night change your life. One night change you. One moment with him will change you. Brother Ron, I can't get it figured out. It's not about figuring it out. It's about meeting him. And if you meet him and you fall in love with him, everything else will fall in line. Don't take your eyes off him. Don't you get your eyes on no man. It's great to have respect for me and love me and all those kind of things and I appreciate all the accolades and all the good things that you say about me on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday about the sermons. I like that, I really do. I'm a man, I like that. Because I get enough of that other. (laughs) I'm not gonna call you an idiot. but I like to look in the garden and see it doing well. I really like to look in the garden and see it doing well. Many of you don't know this, but on my, the table where I study, and I finish with this and the musicians can come, but on the table that I study, I have a sculpture about this tall. It's an image of Jesus. And he's got a sheep in his arms. And he's carrying sheep. Sheep are animals, and Brother Homer used to call them, he said, they're just dumb. <laughs> They'll get themselves in trouble, get in briar patches, get on the cliffs, and the shepherd has to go get them. And when he goes and gets them, he puts them in his arms. Maybe breaks a leg now and then, but he gets them in his arms and he cares for them. Jesus would walk into rooms and resurrections would happen. Leprosy would be healed. People that were terrible sinners would walk out never to be prostitutes again, crooked businessmen. If the Jesus that would live in our lives, not just the preacher, but if the Jesus would live in our lives, it would take care of some of that worry. stand to our feet tonight. God bless you this evening. God bless you. God bless you. Storms raging high, oh, the waters around them were 
family. We've been through a lot of troubles before. I've been on the other end of this to where I wasn't going to make it to his meeting. Things had to be rearranged. Brother Kenton is standing here. And there was a time that I wasn't going to make a flight in Toronto and I'd work for two hours before the service. Brother Kenton is going to be, is going to dismiss the service in prayer. He walks up and he begins to pray. He probably don't remember these words, but he said, pray, Father. When he gets to Toronto and he can't make his flight, 
provide an agent to help him out. I'd work two hours trying to get it taken care of before service. And when I heard Brother Kenton pray that prayer, who did not know the circumstances or anything about what was going on, I just looked for God to work. And I walked through a gate, walked through a passageway, and a woman, hundreds of people and thousands of people walking by, and she stepped out in a red coat. And she said, Sir, I've been sent here to take care of your issue. Angels work in red coats. Father, it's Satan that gets in the details. Lord Jesus, Brother Kelly's going to go get on a flight tomorrow. I pray tonight, God, you own the whole world. We're not going to worry about this, placing it in your hands. We don't need to help you here. It's in your hands. May you provide somebody in a red coat tomorrow to take care of this issue. Because Mr. Kelly Hildebrand is Brother Kelly Hildebrand. He's a general. He's a mighty man of valor. He's got a sermon that's packed in his briefcase. That's got life in it. That Satan wants to block. God, I don't want nothing to block what God's provided for us. Now, Lord Jesus, I pray tonight that you would provide for Brother Kelly a good place to stay this evening. Lord God, may he rest like he's never rested in a hotel room. May his sinuses clear up. May anxiety leave. May he know that this trip is orchestrated by the hand of God. May somewhere in this trip he have met somebody that he's changed the destination of their life. And God switched all the arrangements to go get a seat. Lord, whatever it is, Father, I ask you now, Father, that you would watch over this audience. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them tonight. We raised our hands on a couple of occasions tonight. Hurry and worry. These are vitamins for us to take with us this evening. I ask you to bless this audience. Bless each man, woman, boy, and girl. Lord, you are the one that made the promise. So we rest in the promise. Pray that you'd help us, Father, in Jesus Christ's name. Lord, may prodigals come home. Lord, before it's too late, may prodigals start returning. I too was a prodigal one time running. But may we be kind of be the kind of a house that'll be ready to receive. Lord, help us tonight, Father. Bless this audience. 
bless them now in Jesus' name. I want you to sing this with Andrew again. Why should I wear it? supernatural for us so let's be praying for brother kelly's flight tomorrow and remember six o'clock tomorrow evening god bless you this evening as we sing this you're dismissed in the name of the lord jesus why should i worry